One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. While sitting at a pub waiting for a friend to arrive, have you ever stopped to consider these questions? How many pubs are there in Dublin, I wonder? And how many of them have I visited? Has anyone visited them all? Last week, I took those questions and decided to go on a bit of an adventure. This is the story of how I visited, in inverted commas, every pub in Dublin city centre in one day. Welcome to Publin, a podcast about the culture, history and heritage of pubs at home and abroad. Welcome to the first episode of Series 2 of the Publin Podcast. I was trying to think of a suitably grand and bold story to tell for the return of the podcast after a bit of a break. I was racking my brains which story to pluck out of the archives and to start with a bit of a bang. After some consideration, I came up with an idea where I'd create a new story and tell that. Over the years, I'd heard that the entire county of Dublin had in and around 750 pubs or so. But I'd often wondered how many of those were within walking distance of each other, or grouped together in what we might think of as Dublin city centre. But that was just a general ponderance that never went any further than a flash of a thought, given that it didn't really present any opportunities for an article, podcast, or interesting story. Then, last year, I did a podcast about a certain route whereby you endeavoured to cross the city without passing a pub. That's from the Grand Canal at Baggett Street to the North Circular Road. It takes around an hour and a half, and the route is a bit windy, but still easy to follow. And in fact, I've committed it to memory now. After doing this route, and the podcast, I thought about what might be the opposite of this. Well, I suppose the opposite of avoiding every pub in Dublin while navigating it is visiting every pub in Dublin while navigating it. But that sounds quite like an impossibility when you try to list off all of the pubs in Dublin. Even a list of those pubs that you can recite from memory would indicate that the task of visiting them all would create a route so difficult and long that it would be neither enjoyable nor even possible. Well, 
two weeks ago, I put pen to paper and attempted to solve the riddle and to test whether it would be possible to visit every pub in Dublin city centre in a day. The two big questions for me when starting to put together the data and route necessary were 1. What do you consider to be the city centre? And 2. Where can you get a list of every single pub in that area? The first question about what constitutes the city centre would vary from Dubliner to Dubliner. As such, if nobody can agree, then nobody is right. So my guess or definition is as correct as anyone else's. I set the terms and I get to decide if I'm visiting every single pub. Roughly speaking, the city centre, as I've designated it, includes all of Dublin 1 and 2 in terms of postal codes, stretching out to parts of Dublin 7 and 8, including the Liberties and Smithfield, and stretching down the Liffey to the Ferryman. I think it was generous in terms of the definition of the city centre, just so nobody could say that I missed anywhere. So, that was that sorted. I had my definition of the city in a rough sort of sense. Now, onto the list of pubs. I could try writing down from memory all the pubs that I knew, weaving a mental map around the city. I could probably get a majority of them, but completionism is the aim of the game, and I didn't want to see any pub left out. So, two options were available to me. The first being the list published every so often by Irish Revenue of places that have a licence. This register includes everything from hotels to restaurants, off-licences, and even aerodrome bar licences. After a bit of whittling, I managed to get a list of places with ordinary seven-day publicans' licences in Dublin, and then refined it more to the Dublin 1 and 2 zones. Are you still with me? Not because it's complicated, because it's a bit tedious to describe, but bear with me. I'll get to the part where I visit all of these places in one glorious day very soon. Now, back to the stats. For various reasons, I couldn't use the revenue list. The addresses aren't written very exactly and would be difficult to feed into any route mapping software. One or two Abbey Street and parts on Marlborough Street is not an address format that most websites or apps would recognise immediately. The second option turned out to be an absolute winner, thanks in large part to its creator. Kean Duffy has been working on a very unique map of Dublin for a number of years. He's trying to put together the most complete record in existence of every single pub in Dublin, both present and past. He's tracking what pubs have been called over the years, recording changes in name and ownership, and noting what buildings were once occupied and used as pubs. For my purposes, this map is invaluable. Not only can it be refined to pubs that are now open, but it also has exact longitude and latitude points for each location. After a bit of manual extraction and editing, I had an Excel sheet that I believed to be every pub in Dublin. Bingo. Next was the moment of truth. I had eventually found some mapping software into which I could put these 230 or so points and it would chew it up and spit out to me a route that would take you around on foot to visit every single one of them. It would tell you how many kilometres it was in length and how long it would take. It would also tell me if it was a total fool's errand and not worth doing. So, in it goes, I press go, and here's what came out. Have you ever seen those videos online, probably faked, of a spider being given a dose of LSD and then they create a psychedelically induced web that has none of the symmetry of a conventional web and generally looks a bit mad? That's what the route map looked like, but lo and behold, the numbers below it were encouraging. 230 stops at one minute stoppage at each would take 11 hours and was 35 kilometers in length. That looked doable. But what does it mean to visit every pub in Dublin? How do you qualify that? Well, it's my invention, so I deemed that touching each of these pubs would qualify as visiting. 
that's it. That's how the route was put together. It was just a matter of when to do it. The following Tuesday seemed a likely opportunity, given that the route mapper software free trial ended the following day. I could make a bit of history and save myself 20 quid at the same time. Needless to say, the physical training I endured in the preceding days was rigorous. On the Saturday evening before, I limited myself to a meagre six pints and ate complex potato starch-based carbohydrates in tandem with the liquid barley elements of my diet. Athletes such as myself require a high-calorie diet in the run-up to long-distance events like these. A barathon, if you will. Copyright for this phrase lies entirely with my friend Rob. The morning of the feet, I woke up at 6am and stretched for 5 minutes, an ample amount of time to limber up for a near marathon length walk. I had a full battery on the phone, a Tintin notebook with a non-digital copy of every pub name in root order written on it, and a bottle of water. And off I went at 7.30am to find pub number one, The Barbers in Grange Gorman. One thing I hadn't counted on was the awkwardness of walking up to a pub and touching it. It sounds like an odd gripe, but consider that not all of these pubs were lined up one after the other on the street and directly in my path. Often I'd have to walk down a street and double back, stopping briefly at the pub and studying it as if I'd forgotten that I wasn't meeting a friend there, while at the same time popping a hand on the brickwork or knocking a knuckle on a door, giving it a tap like you'd kick a tyre to examine its roadworthiness. And it looked odder still at seven in the morning, crossing over the road, possibly towards the only other person there on their way to work, and gently caressing a building before going back across in the same direction. I had to resolve that today the job was the job and that I was going to raise a few eyebrows doing it. Setting out to touch every pub in Dublin wasn't just for some sort of personal triumph, I was doing it to make this episode and to generate a bit of buzz for Publin. With that in mind, I put up information on Twitter and Instagram that today I was venturing a feat never before seen in Dublin, attempting to simultaneously enter the annals of Irish sporting and drinking history, finally devising the strategy to bridge the two worlds. After a few minutes on the road, it was evident enough that the walk was capturing the imagination of many Dubliners, and people began to follow along. Some of the choicest tweets in support included the following. I think you've just invented Dublin's very own Camino Way. And, hard to believe they keep putting people into space when this is truly the greatest adventure. Good luck. And then there were some who didn't quite see the fun in it, and duly made their voices heard. What next, a pissing competition? Maybe in the next series. What a load of nonsense. Thank you for adding your voice to the cacophony. I'll be sure to take your opinion under advisement. Within the first hour of the walk, I was making great headway and hit pub number 50 at 8.30am, the Hairy Lemon on Stephen Street. The route mapping software had planned out the most efficient way to visit all of these pubs, which meant that it threw up a few quirks of the route. Oftentimes I would be maybe 50 metres away from a pub, but it wouldn't register as up next on the map. Instead, it could be 6 hours and 18 kilometres later that I would eventually come back by this pub to tick it off. I resolved early on that it was best and easiest just to trust the route put before me and have faith that all would work out in the end, even if I could literally see a pub mere feet away from me. Trust the process, as the saying goes. While the route was complicated and required attention, the actual touching of the pub, which as I've said was a bit awkward in places, was the easy part. Except for two pubs along the way. 
Early morning is a time that patrons don't really get to see the inner workings of a pub, and it's then that the bulk of the deliveries happen, when streets are bare of pedestrians. On Harry Street, I walked into a bit of a trap of sorts. A delivery was occurring outside Bruxelles, but it was like that they knew that I was coming, and had erected a gauntlet for me to run in the shape of a several hundred keg perimeter that ran right around the pub, from the Phil Lennett statue to the curve at the side of the building. It was like Donkey Kong knew Mario was coming and made a beer-filled moat around his castle. Luckily, I found a gap in the defences and managed to breach them. But, as always, your princess is in another castle, and on we go. Another pub, well beyond this point, had clearly heard that I was coming and quickly resolved to hire a team of elite painters to cover every touchable inch of the pub in white paint and ensure that there was at all times somebody on watch to make sure that I couldn't complete that pub. They're a wily bunch, these publicans. At this point, I received a phone call from a media outlet and used that phone conversation as cover to hang around outside the pub until one of the painters' backs was turned, affording me an opportunity to run my hand along the wall on the only part of the pub left unpainted. Anyone looking on from the nearby apartments would have had severe concern for my state of mind. John 56, Publicans 0. I judged the day in milestones of 50 pubs. Pub number 100 was the Liberty Bell on Francis Street, a fine-looking pub. Some may not consider this city centre, but I deemed it to be within the limits. My limits. I had intended along the way to record myself at various stages and intersperse that commentary with what you're hearing now, but it became evident that I had to focus on the task at hand. With the level of social media interaction, fielding media inquiries and following the route, my battery simply wouldn't have lasted if I was recording myself all the while as well. There is, however, one live segment recorded after the 100 pub mark had been reached. So I have reached the dozy tranquility of the Grand Canal up by Harold's Cross Bridge. It's nice and quiet here after having been walking for three hours through the city centre, through the rush hour of pedestrians and traffic, crossing so many roads. Now I have a bit of open stretch ahead of me. So I've done about 110 pubs, which is coming up on halfway, not quite, but it's good going in three hours considering I thought originally the route was going to take 11 hours. Now it's still taking its toll. My legs are stiffening stiffening up a little bit, but there's still plenty more juice in the tank. I have drank an awful lot of coffee, so hence why I'm speaking rather quickly now. I'm even speeding up now. So my next stop is the lower deck at Portobello. So there's a big stretch between that pub and my last pub. So that's what's going to happen from now on. I've kind of ticked off a lot of the pubs that are in close proximity to each other. The ones kind of around Grafton Street area. And now the distance gets a lot longer. Um, So that might ease into my time a bit and bring it up. But, well, I chose it. But all in all, it is an absolute glorious day out. Perfect sunshine, nice temperature, not too hot, not too cool. So off I go on this other round, and I'll pass you back to me. Thanks, John. It was in or around this point of the walk when I'd crossed the Liffey three of the six times for the day that I started to take stock of how my walk was being followed online. The insights into the initial tweet gave me a bit of a boost and told me that there was no way I could get away with backing out now, even if the legs stiffened even further. By 11am, well over 100,000 people had seen what I was up to on Twitter and the media requests began to roll in, first from Dublin Live, an online-only news site, and then the Irish Independent got in touch and I had to duck into the Ivy Gardens to do an interview with them. 
Why is it that a man walking around and touching pubs seemed to capture the imagination of people in media and on social media? I suppose there is a huge novelty factor to it because, to anybody's knowledge, nobody else has done it. And possibly because nobody had thought of doing it because they didn't think it possible. Whatever the reason, it's fair to say that the spotlight was now on. Well, online, anyway. I didn't meet a sinner on my travels who I knew or who knew what I was up to. To the good people of Dublin, I was just a man they observed occasionally awkwardly stroking a pub and then walking off in the direction of the next one. Pub 150 was Toners on Baggett Street and it was between 100 and 150 that I covered a lot of ground without picking up many pubs along the way. The legs and hips began to wail a bit at this point. Sustenance was required before going on further. Stops became more frequent from this point and my poor nutritional preparation began to show. Maybe I should have brought some energy bars along with me. Pub 200 was Bar 1661 on Little Britain Street and from there I kicked off a few pubs further north before doubling back towards Parnell Street. And then my pub odyssey reached an even wider uh, audience. We, uh, John Garrity runs a website called Publin, which is a guide to Dublin pubs. But today he's demonstrating his love of the Dublin boozer right now. He's in the middle of visiting every pub in Dublin city centre. That's 240 of them. A 35 kilometre long pub crawl. John, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean. How's it uh, uh, Where are you now? What number are you at? I am at number, I think, about 206 at the moment. I'm kind of in the general Parnell Street region. I'm, I'm ducking into a park here. Right, so I okay. Can talk to you and take a little bit of a break. Uh, fair juice. So, w- where did you start? How did you National Radio it? had picked up on the story and brought it to a more Middle Ireland kind of audience. This would ensure that taxi drivers would be discussing the pub walk among themselves later in the evening. From this point on, I was on the home stretch. I also picked up a few pubs in this area and through other parts of the day that weren't on my initial list. But I walked down so many streets in the city that day that even those that I'd missed out on on my initial map were easy to pick up along the way. Some were new pubs like Matters on the Keys and others like Bison and the Workmen's Club operated under one licence. One has to be vigilant on a walk such as this and as they say, gotta catch them all. I had been thinking about which pub to have a celebratory pint in and had made up my mind on the home stretch. This was an excellent motivator to bash out the remaining few kilometres and make the legs work for just a little bit longer. Then we came to the last few pubs and the final countdown. 5. O'Reilly's Tara Street 4. O'Neill's Pierce Street 3. Kennedy's Westland Row 2. The Gingerman Fenian Street 1. The Lincoln's Inn on Lincoln's Place And my task was done. The feat completed. And then I had to walk another 1.2 kilometres to my pub of choice. So that was it. 238 pubs in all, I think. Over 35 kilometres in distance in just over 8 and a half hours of solid walking. Save for a few sit-downs. The flowing tide on Abbey Street was a very, very welcome sight. Walking in, I noticed the snug was free and parked my arse down to sit now and forevermore. I chose the pub because it's a favourite of mine and looks great since a recent refurbishment that kept the traditional feel of the pub while also giving it a new lease of life. One pint turned to two and you can probably imagine the rest. The social media exposure kept coming and in the next few days the walk was on FM 104, The Irish Sun, The Irish Mirror and Love in Dublin in which I was referred to as a pub enthusiast, Irish man, Dublin man, pint lover, pint man and simply man. All in, I'd imagine that well over half a million people that day became aware of a man walking around visiting every pub in Dublin. Only in Ireland could you have the breaking news headline of Man Visits Pubs. 
So now I'm the first person to visit every single pub in Dublin City in one day. But that's far from the most impressive record of its kind. In a future episode of the podcast, I'm going to tell you about the Japanese man who visited every pub in Dublin City and County. All 750 odd of them had a pint in each one and did it all in two years. That is a story of much more interest. I was asked if I'd do it again, to which I responded, absolutely not. But it would make an interesting annual tradition, maybe not for me, but for other people to do. A feat of exercise and pub adoration to be completed every 22nd of January. Maybe friends could turn it into a relay race, breaking the course up into four sections. Visit every pub in Dublin between you, and then meet for a scoop at the end. Or maybe some enterprising person out there will do it in a different fashion. They could try to set foot inside every pub in Dublin in one day. That would be a good bit more time-consuming and require more preparation. It would also look fairly bonkers to anyone observing it. My final words on the topic would be, reach for the stars, and maybe someday you too might be able to fulfill your dream of walking around for ages and touching a load of buildings. And if that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Publin Podcast. It's fair to say that this episode is a little bit of a deviation from the normal format and a bit me-centric as well. The rest of the series will have the pubs and their stories far more in focus and I'll keep my ego out of things. If you want to know anything about the route that I used or have a question or comment about the episode, you can contact me, John, via publinie at gmail.com. Please do subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, or tell a friend. I'll be back next week and beyond with more tales from Publin. Thanks again, and sláinte. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.